find your forte. Live your forte. Welcome to another Finding Your Forte podcast. It's the one and only Seeps. And today is a special part two. Um, if you've been following Finding Your Forte from the start, you will have known this guest. And he has been requested quite a few times in terms of getting a part two done. And even when looking at the analytics, it's one of the most popular episodes that hey. I've done so, um, so, so far. Um, me and this young man have um, been, well, we're old now to be fair, but we're young at heart, we're young at heart have, you know, had quite um, interesting years so far since the last episode and it's been great that an opportunity has arisen to catch up. Funny enough, this came off the back of just a quick Twitter exchange or saying let's do a part two and then as most things, it's only when you, you put it into the universe and you actually make an action happen that it comes into fruition. Um, but without further ado, let me introduce um, the guest on this episode. Um, it's Dante. Um, episode three is the one that if you want to catch up on and you know before entering this episode, be sure to check out episode three. But thank you once again for coming on to finding your forte, Dante. Thank you for having me, my brother. Thank How you. are you? I'm good. Um, I'm, I've rebranded. Okay. Yeah. So da- Dante was my artist name. Okay. Um, and that's the name that I obviously had on social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, like my my government real family name is Henley. Okay. Hence Henley Graham. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My, Twitter, my Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I'm just focusing more on being, like, I guess, understanding the creative side of Dante and okay. just bringing him into Beckford. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Henley. So, so yeah. You're, you're keeping a... So, I guess it's interesting. So <laughs> what, what's, what's with the... What's with the... What's with the change of heart, I guess? Um, well, we're going straight in, isn't it? Um, yeah. What the change of heart from going from like Dante, Dante and, to okay to because obviously predominantly and I guess yeah socially publicly you've been known no, as Dante. Family members knows me as Dante as well. Okay, it's been it's not okay, just cool. a recent. It's a name that I've had for like more than ten years. Okay, so um, the name came about firstly when I was you know um, I was doing like hosting Essential, so mm-hmm. like um, a couple of raves here, that type of thing, mm-hmm. guest lists, um, football nights, celebrity mm-hmm. nights, and stuff like that. And obviously my name is Henley. There was another guy that was doing it. His name was Henry. So when we were getting like girls coming into stuff, yeah, this guy's this guy's commission is going straight up. Like <laughs> it's going crazy. And I'm like, yo, so like when I'm trying to get my monies yeah. now, it's like, oh no, we've only had like four or five people from you that's come in. Oh right. And I was like, right, because I know that like I was bang on it, and I made sure like bare people will come to my nights mm. and stuff like that. So when I got like eat messages and stuff from people like. 20, 30, 40, 50 people has come to the event and I'm only getting paid for three, four. It's because of the name. So obviously, Henry, Henley, people are not yeah, going to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I changed the name on Facebook. Family members start calling me Dante. I okay. guess it's the whole Jamaican thing. They don't <laughs> yeah. know your real names. Like, I don't know some of my cousins' real names. I'll be honest. But the same with me. Like, um, even in my in my family, like, they call me com- something completely different to my government name. Yeah. And they don't know my government name. name. Yeah. They only know me as the family name. It's like, when my, when my friends call me by my first name, for them it's like, huh? huh yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, it throws them off completely. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's the same thing. So, since then, it's kind of was a running theme. And then I kept it because I wanted to brand it as a me as an artist mm-hmm. and um and now i've kind of 
um, moved away from that element. From the creative, like, artistic space? Yeah, I mean, Dante was, um, okay. So I'll give you a bit of a background. Um, so when I was putting out music for Dante, mm -hmm. it was essentially purely because I was, I did a canvas for what working with artists, branding, strategy, market penetration for artists would mm -hmm. be like. Um, and me and my, uh, and a partner that I was working with at that time, um, who was heavily involved in the music industry, mm -hmm. we wanted to actually get this idea, brand a particular artist and put them into that landscape. Okay. Let's say, so um, it's called 10.9 Management. And um, to be honest, at the time I was looking for artists that I would wanted to, you know, help with their branding, their music videos, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. and. And I didn't find anyone that I like was interested in. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So I said I could rap. <laughs> That's what I said to myself. You know how gassed you? Your man can rap. I can still. rap. I can rap a couple bars. You get what I mean? Yeah. So I just just did Dante. Okay. Pushed Dante out. Um, tried to understand end to end. So not only uh, the business aspect, but what goes into making songs. What mm. goes into making a hit? Mm. I got bunny ears going. Doing <laughs> what makes goes into making a hit. And also looking at things like sending off stems, working with engineers, looking at the mix and the mastering. Um, at the time, um, so access to things like Spotify and Apple Music, there was non-existent. Mm. You had to go through a label situation to do that. Yeah. But I did the market research at the time to find two distribution companies that was allowing us to do this. So at the time, I, I guess I had a little bit of a jump on the UK market at that time with, with yeah. all of the putting things up. But my situation and my problem was is that because I didn't, I guess I didn't do an analysis of from how long it would take for recordings to be done, mm -hmm. for a final package product, to bring in the creative directors to help on the music videos, to to brand myself, to push the like the press packs and all this stuff out, mm -hmm. um, to efficiently get things done on time. So even though that gave me a better understanding of what it's like to be an artist, especially if you're in a label, because there's loads of legal implications and like things like uh, sample clearances and yeah, all that yeah, type yeah. of stuff. So I guess I threw myself in a deep end on a form of like a hyper um, accelerated learning. Mm -hmm. So used me as a sample and just, just ran with it. So um, when it came to the point where um, uh, my partner um, told me that, Oh, well, we do it together, the, yeah. the pregnancy test stuff, and my son was coming about. Yeah, yeah. And um, my decision to move away from that, and I guess it's something that we was going to touch on anyway, yeah. is purely because of I look at the music industry and I look at the input to output ratio. So mm -hmm. that's what I live my life on now, input to output ratio. Expand so, on that just in terms so, of what you mean by that. Um, the effort that I put into something, mm -hmm. what is the outcome that I get from this? Okay. So if it's a, in terms of a value of money, mm -hmm. you're looking at for every one hour I work, I should get X amount out of this. Yeah. So that's just in the value of money. Yeah. So as you start off, it might be one hour for one pound. Mm -hmm. Then it's one hour for 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. So your input to output ratio, mm -hmm. and that's what you focus on. So I looked at the music industry and it doesn't really have, it's based on more um, popularity. Mm -hmm. And you can you can never do a, a correct spread on what popularity, in terms of risks, how yeah. people like, your likability, all that type of stuff. And so I just said to myself, at this moment in time, it's not something that I want to go into because I need to make cash. I need to make cash money. You know what I mean? I've got, I got a little king on his way. Of I course. need to, do, I need to yeah. do that. So, and I just focused on the other ventures that I was working on. Yeah. And touching on other ventures. <laughs> um, we're going to recap on 
your last appearance. Yeah. And I just want you to hear something and then I want you to give me your take on it. Okay. So this is, at the end of every Finding Your Forte episode, I always ask about what does the next 6 to 12 to 18 months say? And yeah. we're now two years from when we last recorded. So yeah. I want you to just hear what you said and then I guess we'll take it from there. Okay. Yeah. Now, how does it feel listening back to that? Um, I know exactly what I was speaking about. 
Um, um, what was you speaking about? Well, I was speaking about, I was speaking about the music stuff. Okay. Yeah, so the things <laughs> I just explained, yeah. I literally was speaking about the music stuff. Um, I did meet a lot of key people. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, it's funny enough because some stuff that I was doing before, I kind of had like an understanding of, again, the market, the industry and stuff mm -hmm. like that as well. And um, also one of my mentors at the time, um, they have a, a fashion brand, um, mm -hmm. flat women shoes that okay. they, they specialize in. Yeah. Um, very high fashion stuff that they, they it's Knightsbridge and, 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 and um, Mayfair, that mm -hmm. that's, what, that's the type of um, audience that they're, they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And um, so at the time I was looking at the crowdfunding Mm -hmm. Element so how to raise capital, yeah. Um, how to how to put that capital on a project, mm -hmm. how to build, I guess, my the interest in myself. So mm -hmm. interest in Dante, yeah, yeah. Um, and put out that type of music and stuff. So at the time, I didn't put out blowbacks. I didn't yeah. put out nothing like that. Um, I was working with like mad producers mm -hmm. that like that are working with like mad people. Yeah. So to me, it wasn't I wasn't gassed on it because I, I know that as I said, I understand the market and. Um, and with it, it's not about, I guess, talent. The music industry is not about talent. I'm not saying I have talent. Yeah. It's not about talent. Like it as a soul like thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not the it's, soul. It's not the soul um, denominator. Exactly. Yeah. So there, are, there are people that are out there. I've met people that are signed to these labels, big labels. That they are fantastic singers, fantastic artists. Mm. They've got the image, but. When they came out, they were actually a competitor to an artist that just come out and they got signed to, so they get to be shelved. Yeah, I've they seen didn't that many a time. Exactly. Yeah. So they're not signed because they want them on the label to mm -hmm. actually come out and part of their music. They're signed and shelved. It's just so, a chess move just to keep, just to keep their, exactly. main, their, main, um, their main roster or their main exactly. star. You know, they have a clean lane so there's no one to kind of, you know, disrupt that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, and to me that's uh, it's, it's a bit like that's where I kind of said, okay, cool. From the artist perspective, it's just putting out this product, package myself so I can then just bring it to other artists, and mm -hmm. then I can package and put them out and do the market penetration for them. Mm -hmm. um, as well as while I was doing the crowdsourcing and stuff, I was looking at. I think everyone uses it now. Is it GoFundMe? GoFundMe. Yeah. Is it there's GoFundMe? Crowd, there's Crowdcube. There's another um, one as well. I think. I think those are the two key ones, I think. GoFundMe yeah. and Crowdcube. There's yeah. one where you can get for every, like, um, I think it's like, if you put a certain amount of money, you get a specific gifts for. Okay, and yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. I think that might be Crowdcube you're talking yeah, about. And then there's, um, there's another one I use as well. Crowd yeah. And I usually buy things off there as well. But I know what you're referring yeah, to. It's like that. the different amounts you donate or the different amounts you contribute allows you to receive certain things. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, while I was on the back of that, with my mentor, working with my mentor, she, uh, she introduced me into the whole footwear industry okay. and the white labeling of sneakers white labeling of like clothing lines and stuff so the, um, in terms of the manufacturers that like i was designing creating my tech packs for to do normal because i was literally developing the old sneaker and everything oh, yeah wow. called archives it was meant to be sick you know how it it's is funny, yeah you even mentioned exactly like that, yeah, exactly that's funny. why i laugh yeah <laughs> and and um i guess with that um, I learned about the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. I learned about, again, the end-to-end -end process of, from a design to actually cutting and patterning to mm -hmm. picking out particular, like the last, the, the soles. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously through that, I had to do some market research or buy sneakers, buy you know luxury sneakers and stuff like, to, to look at where I want to be in terms of the, 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 the pricing points as yeah. well. So this can actually go around with the crowdfunding that I was doing for the artist that is called Dante. Do you get what I mean? So it wasn't just put out music and well, and become an artist. It was, there was a whole conceptual idea of how we can build, um, develop, 
and create sustainability so we can continue and use me as a, I guess, as a... A vehicle? As a vehicle or a, a test case, a study case yeah. that, okay, I could do this for me and I'm not that great as an artist. Yeah. I, what, what can we do for you yeah. type thing? So that was great. And the funny thing is, so working with my mentor at the time and developing the sneaker and understanding the sneaker and going out to these manufacturers and doing all these things, right, mm -hmm. that actually helped me with my next step in my... I'll say my um, corporate career. Okay. Yeah. So because I got a, a better insight into the fashion world mm -hmm. and and guess the lead times, drop shipping, all these different types of stuff, e-commerce. Yeah. I was able to leverage this new knowledge that I have and um, work with like a media consultancy that was working with brands such as like LVMH and consulting on like their media spend. Their, oh wow. You know, so. This little thing that I was doing on the side to like do this little project on the side to build this kind of guess artist management or artist branding consultancy yeah. has put me into this different world because I wanted to create sustainability for it. So get additional revenue for it. And the knowledge that I learned from that was able that allowed me to create a pitch to package myself in the corporate world to work with fashion. So I was working with um, LVMH, Caring Group, I think Caring Group does Balenciaga and all yeah, this yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and some other other brands as well and I did great with that and um, like LVMH's media spend is like 750 million wow. and we was looking at 42 markets and we had to make sure that it's specific in every market and how they, they can work with the agencies to get their content out so who yeah. are the correct agencies to work with mm -hmm. and how they can interpret um, LVMH's brand, so whatever brand, it's not just LV, it could be their alcohol, it could be all the different types of stuff, mm -hmm. their watches, all this type of stuff that they work with. So um, for me, that was interesting. And and I guess that goes back to what I was saying to you about just working on projects, just yeah. pushing out projects, and you just learn quickly and you could just go get it. That's it, it's a hustle. I guess that's one thing that, the theme that I kind of see is that from these projects is that your the aim is not necessarily the success of the project itself, but actually the skills that you're able to get from it. And it seems from yeah. all these different projects, be it the music one or the sneakers one or anything in between, between. fashion, it's like you've learned all these, it's like you've kind of traded the success of the app, the project itself and yeah. said that, you know, if I don't get that, I've learned a new skill that I can now leverage in a different space. Yeah. And it's similar to even myself where I've kind of taken the reverse, where I've taken the skills that I'm learning from my career currently mm -hmm. And saying, okay, how can I now translate this into Something my personal else. endeavors or yeah. my personal projects? So yeah. the things that because I think sometimes when you're trying to learn, a say for example, like I was saying to you the other day on the phone, mm. um, that I'm learning, you know, GA and like Google Ads yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Being able to do that within a company space yeah. means that I can play with their budgets and I can make the mistakes on their budget, but then yeah. learn take those learnings while getting paid, yeah. and then say, okay, how can I now apply these skills? to my own personal business and yeah. okay, how can I learn, how can I apply Google AdWords and all this GA stuff yeah. where I don't have to, I've got a, a larger sample size of traffic to do reporting on yeah. rather than starting off doing it on a personal project where maybe the traffic is going to be so small that yeah. any analysis I do is not going to be of any great value. Yeah. So I guess it's a, it's a, a reverse. But there's a wording in that. There's a wording in that mm -hmm. and how you see it. So yeah. for me, 
um, as you are averse to me, yeah. um, my the way I do is like a lot of the projects that I evolve myself into, mm -hmm. uh, initially to beginning, it's a cash loss. Like I said to you before, it's a yeah. cash loss. I'm pumping money into something. Mm -hmm. We're on the basis of investing it in myself for the learning. It's yeah. not about the project itself. Yeah, yeah. And this is a kind of a running occurrence between people that are millionaires and millionaires. It's mm -hmm. what they actually, it's the, I guess they call it the practical learning, practical mm -hmm. education. The end goal. Exactly. So it's, Okay, so you have someone that goes to university, they're studying economics, finance, they're studying law, they're doing all of these things, right? Mm -hmm. That's all theoretical. That's, you, then they have to, once they've learned that for the three, four years where they've been in that environment, they now have to then apply that into the real world. Mm -hmm. What we do is flip that on the, end, yeah. on the head. We learn on the go. Yeah. I get paid to, to learn. learn. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But in order for me to get paid to learn, I have to get talking points. I can make a puddle sound like a fucking river. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? And that's how we can do it in, like that's how I will do it in the business world. Yeah, Sorry definitely. for the swearing, I don't know. That's fine, it's, it's free to ruin this, man. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's, that's, what, that's what I've learned to do. And because I've learned to do that in a, the corporate world, mm -hmm. um, I've then applied the learning that I was exposed to in the corporate world to my personal, yeah. and then the learnings that I found in my personal, I can apply that in the corporate world. Yeah, and yeah. That's, what, that's what I do. No, yeah. most definitely. And I think, yeah. I think that's the best best way, I guess. Not the best way, I guess, but it's a, a favourable way of learning, where I think sometimes sometimes you can get so caught up on the theory of something yeah. that actually, in my case, and I think it's similar for you as well, is that when you're, you kind of get thrown in the deep end, then you just, you have to learn. Yeah. And you're going against the tide and you're trying to, you're swimming up it. Yeah. You learn, you become much more stronger in your learning. Where if you just, yeah. if you've got that, if you're that type of person who's to focus on the conventional way of learning, which is let me read as much as I can and then apply it, you end up losing your, not, it's not an efficient way of going about it sometimes. You lose time. You lose time. And yeah. because of that loss of time, you're not making that same climbing trajectory as you'd hope you'd want to. And that's when frustration arises. That's when you become demotivated. Exactly. And it's just like a knock-on effect, a knock-on effect, yeah. a knock-on effect. So My whole thing is the, sorry, the, yeah. the Will Smith approach. Mm -hmm. Like what it says, fail and fail fast. Yeah. Fail fast. Even if it might not be a fail, but I, technically, I haven't failed at anything I've done. Mm. Only thing I've done is realise, I looked at it, assessed it, and I said, this is my exit point. Mm. The reason why this is my exit point, because from here on now, everything I now invest into it, mm -hmm. that's going to be a cash loss. Yeah. Like, not, I'm not talking about small money, I'm talking... Significant. Si significant. Life it's changing. Gonna, life changing. Yeah. It's going to be not just a cash loss, it's also going to be a time loss. Mm -hmm. Because then I'm purely focused on this one thing to be successful. And if it doesn't be successful, even though I've learned all of that practical knowledge along the way, mm -hmm. right, um, I'm also losing the time where I could have assessed another market and jumped onto that. So mm -hmm. like now I'm in banking and finance. Okay. Before I was in media consultancy, yeah. before that. Before that, like when we did the podcast, I think it was in the architectural space. Architectural yeah. visualization. Yeah, yeah. So my jump has been mad significant. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I've kept from be doing the ArcVis, so I did animation at uni. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the one thing I kept from that as a soft skill is understanding the creative output on mm -hmm. something, understanding the iterations of a cycle. Mm -hmm. like. Um, 
uh, and handing dates and deadlines and mm -hmm. obviously speaking to clients. That's, so when I started at the archi architectural visualization business, mm -hmm. what I found out was that I am good at business. I'm good at talking to people. I'm, I'm good at pitching myself. I'm good at doing all of them things. I'm good at winning business. I like doing that. And then I've taken those soft skills and the project manager skills and then moved that into, I guess, what, what was the next thing? Like um, into the branding market. So the project management into branding. So working with these, these blue chip companies on the branding, the market branding, and then taking that element and then I put that into, I guess, the, wrapping the project management and, and like a consultancy style way of working. And I was working with like a publishing company. Mm -hmm. um, so like the independent and Evelyn standard. And yeah. then from that, I've ledged those skill sets and realized I actually like analytics. I like analysis. I like looking at the, the, the detail and yeah. going deeper in the detail. So while I'm doing my stuff at the, on, on the background, I'm saying, okay, cool. I can make money from this corporate side of things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then I just moved into that. So from that, I went into media consultancy. From the media consultancy, I took a chance and I, um, I got a, a job working for a fintech company in Spain. So I moved to Spain for six months. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that yeah. actually, because <laughs> you did, you did. I, I guess following following you on Twitter and I guess seeing your your streams streams of thought. Yeah. Um, you you very much documented how it was like for you. You know, not only just on Instagram or on Twitter. It's like yeah. It was quite. A, it was like a, a snapshot view of what it was like for you then. I think around yeah. that time is when you became a father as yeah, well, right? Yeah. So, I so, guess. So we moved Farah out when he was six months old. You moved yeah, to Spain. That's crazy. And exactly. And I had loads of people say, "No, he's too young. You can't move him out there. What's the edu like? You know, what, who's going to look after it? All mm -hmm. these different type of stuff. That it takes a village to to grow a child yeah. and all those type of elements. Yeah. But I saw that, and I saw what I saw was the earning potential of being out of Spain. The talking points of being out of Spain. I'm working in a different country that English is not the first language. Mm -hmm. The people that I'm working with have a business proficiency in English, but I still need to focus and understand what they want from me. Mm -hmm. As well as that, I'm working in five different markets. I'm, I'm working in China and Japan. I'm working in Manila, which is the Philippines. Yeah. I'm working in all these different countries and changing, like, um, like doing websites, rebuilds and all that type of stuff and implementing Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Wow. Stuff I don't even know about. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that time you didn't know about it. I didn't it. know. Like, really? I heard about Bitcoin. Okay. I, I was following, like, what Bitcoin is. But yeah. in terms of the technology... Oh, like in, the blockchain technology and stuff. In terms work, of the technology, work, yeah, even yeah. now I don't really understand blockchain. That's okay. not something I know. Yeah. What I know is how to implement a Bitcoin transaction. So you to make a sale. Right, To right, implement right, right, that right, right, into right. a e-commerce website. Yeah. So, and, and that's helped me in... I think I went from understanding the pound mm -hmm. currency to understanding um, the yen... So about 15 different currencies. And that's just being out in Spain for six months. Wow. So I put myself in a position where I'm out of my, de my depth. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All I know what to do is to analyse things at the time because I've read books while I was working, while I was doing that. Yeah, so yeah. I can understand, I think I said it the last time about buzzwords, mm -hmm. keywords, just understand those things. And then once I, once I, I understood them, I was able to apply it into that field so it was great it was great I enjoyed it there was a lot of family pressure mm -hmm. I guess even just moving out there with my partner and my and my and my son mm -hmm. and and obviously understanding like on a day-to-day -day basis she, uh, I guess she's a very proactive person she, mm -hmm. a proactive person so on a it was isolation for yeah. her so that's something that again I needed to learn and understood and then when we moved back from the UK we 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 did what we did do yeah. you know what I mean we 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 went on to the other things and 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 I guess 
um, I moved on to uh, the, finance, the finance and banking okay. purely because I worked with a finance element. I worked with money. Yeah. And because I worked with money, I can then speak about money and implementation of I money. More proficiency. More proficiency. Yeah. So when I'm now in these, in the interview rooms with, you know, like there's different types of banking companies, yeah. I'm learning from the interviews. I'm learning from the interviews that, that said no to me. Like um, for every, I guess, for every role that I've got, for every contract that I secured, I've had about 10, 15 no's. Mm. And I've always been transparent about the how many no's people tell me. Yeah. And it could be about anything. It could be because I'm black. It could be because, you know what I mean, that I, I don't have the education. Mm -hmm. It could be loads of different types of elements, right? That's, that doesn't matter to me. I know if I knock out 100 doors, someone's going to open up. Yeah. And once I'm in, I'm yo, I'm wedging that door open yeah. and everything with me is coming through. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So to me, like, that's, that's, that's what I did. So did interview, I knew I had the job from there because the way the guy, because of stuff that I've done in my other, so what right. secured me this job was basically working in the media company, mm -hmm. the, the media consultancy firm. Mm -hmm. I was looking at what a e-learning site was for them. Just off the back, I realized that there was potential money for them to make more revenue by applying a e-learning system where they can teach their clients several modules and how they can get yeah. certification for this and stuff. This was an extracurricular thing. I was bored. Yeah. So this is an extracurricular thing that I did. And it was funny enough that the bank that, I'm, that I interviewed with, he was speaking about that as a project. And I was like, oh yeah, I've done that. I've done, I've did the, the, the scope for it. I've done the, the research from it beforehand. And I was speaking to him about that. And he was just like, I saw his eyes just lit up. Yeah. And I was like, in my head, I was like, yeah, I knew I got this. Yeah. And again, it's something that I did off my own back, on my own time. And I've used it, applied it, I pitched it. And that's the reason why I secured the last contract I secured mm. within the banking industry. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So It's interesting because it's like, it's mad. I think <laughs> even from the, from the last, last episode, even now, mm -hmm. even something that I've learned in my own time and space is the aspect of like buzzwords. And I think yeah. it's just like knowing if you can use the words in, in the right way at the right time, even if you don't actually have the background knowledge in it, yeah, you almost are faking it till you make it. But okay. I think it's just having the confidence to know that now that you've used it, you may need to do some background research around it. And even with myself is when I'm, I moved in from, from sales to software testing. Yeah. And that's just... A mad jump. That's, that's a completely different jump. Yeah. I've always been, I guess you know, tech-centric, and I've always kind of had the nuances of understanding technology, but it's like yeah. from going from a very sales-driven environment to then going into a tech-heavy environment, Yeah. for me, it was like, okay, cool, now I need to learn unit testing, I need to learn um, regression testing, I need to learn yeah. um, all these different types of testing, automation, you know, automation manual testing, testing yeah. manual testing, yeah. and it's like, manual testing was fine for me, coding, I had to learn, you know, just the different things with like PHP languages, I need to learn yeah. the seven concepts of PHP and stuff, like yeah. JavaScript in terms of applying what I learned from MySpace days in terms of HTML Mel, yeah, yeah, and yeah, CSS yeah. and saying, okay, now I'm doing front-end testing, I'm doing back-end testing. And it was like, yeah. okay, cool. I need to learn all these concepts quickly exactly. and not make it look like that I'm faking it or exactly. like to make it look like I'm outside my depth. Everybody's faking it. Do you know what everybody. I mean? It's like everything, everybody's faking it. Not yeah. everybody. Well, you got one or two people that are for, like really amazing at what they've done because they specialise. Oh, there's always experts and there's always masters Exactly. In the field. There's always those. But the majority of people, they don't know what they're doing on a day-to-day -day -day basis. They're, just, something. they're bullshitting their way through. Exactly. And you realise that is that when you go in and when you hear, for me, it's like when sometimes you, you've worked in a company and they, re they recruit someone new and you're thinking, I really understand why your last job left you. Yeah. Like you fully understand. I was like, I know why you're here is because you was caught out in your last job and now this job doesn't know that you got caught out. Not yet. Not yeah. yet anyway. Yeah. 
but we'll find out soon enough. But yeah. a lot that's it makes you it's, it's so apparent when these things come into into plant. But yeah. um, going back to your point in terms of you being able to leverage all these kind of different learning. So now you're in yeah. the the fintech space. So I was in the fintech space. Yeah. Now I'm in banking and insurance space. Okay. Now you're in the yeah. banking insurance space. So I guess yeah, you've gone from quite, you know. Uh, creative spaces in terms of you know the the visual visual architects you've gone into the media consultancy which there's always going to be an element of um, project involved and I guess there's always going to be fundamentals that go through across all yeah, of them there's but a segue into there's, there's, a, there's a segue into different things but I mm-hmm. guess was the driver of you going into the finance space was there a particular driver into yeah, my son. space your son yeah I just looked at there's one concept that I looked at I looked at what the contract rolling over contract like duration is mm-hmm. for in the media space mm-hmm. and what it was in banking. Within the media space, you're looking at three months, six months, rolling over contract. In the banking, you're looking at a one-year contract, two-year mm-hmm. contract. You, you, there's people that I spoke to that they've been in a contract position for 10 years. Wow. And, and when you actually ask them what they've done and achieved, they might not even know. Do you see what I mean? Well, yeah. in terms of actually being in a company, that's that might be bad because they haven't got any actual output that they have, whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But in terms of actually just generating a based mm-hmm. um, financial line, mm-hmm. that's great. Because if you're not going to make that work, your be all and end all, yeah. then it gives you space and opportunity to work on these other things, to make these other mm-hmm. things pop. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess that was the biggest, that was the biggest driver for me um, and there's like, again, this, I guess this logic in my head, the best place to make money is an industry based on money. Like, I mean, that's facts. To you, you see what I mean? Like, uh, facts just make money based on that industry. So yeah, I made that jump. Um, I was a bit shook. They did the whole six years worth of, uh, references, checks, yeah. checks everything, credit checks. I didn't know what my credit was saying. You know, I, it's ironic you say that, given that, <laughs> given how astute you are about credit. I didn't even know what I was saying. I'll be honest. During that time, because yeah. at that time, I guess with the moon to uh, the moon, the move to Spain, um, I took out. So I I love to have contingency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I will have my main capital, mm-hmm. um, and I will have savings and whatever. So working capital that mm-hmm. I use. But then if there's something that I want to get involved with and I don't want to directly use my main capital or mm. savings and stuff, I will take out a credit line for that. Yep. So at the time I took out two credit lines and obviously that made my credit rating dip. Okay. So I didn't understand, again, I wasn't that worried, but I was worried in the sense that maybe, you know, a certain yeah, kind of, do know. you know what I mean? Yeah, you, never, you don't and know what the bar is for them to measure you. Exactly. Yeah. And the vetting process, again, it's a completely different feel for yeah. me. So the vetting process, like just to get this role and to start the role was a month. Mm. So they literally went to every single of my own deployers in the last six years. And they asked them questions about me, not only whether or not I worked there between that date and that date, but what was, was he, was he lying basically? Did he do what he said With, he did? Exactly. Exactly. Day. And that scared it. I was there in limbo. I was like, what the hell, man? But, it's, but it, it's, it's funny because like my cousin, um, she applied for a government role and she was going for a diplomat yeah. and they do like real vetting, like they do more than six years and they go as far as checking your family and things like that. And she, yep. she just said to me, she was like, I'm not related to you. Yeah. <laughs> she literally said that. She goes, I'm not related to you. She yeah. was like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not related, related to, you. to you. Yeah. And I was like, right. I was like, but you know what? The game is the game. But I was exactly. Like, that's I was like, if I've got to say, yeah, that I'm not related to you and we're not blood, but it means that you become a diplomat, so be it. Yeah, and exactly. You know I mean? That's it. The game is the game. Yeah. It's all a game. Yeah. And once I learn how that it's a game, I will learn how to play the game and we mm-hmm. play the game. So, yeah. 
that's interesting. I think now we've. I guess I guess I'd like to segue into um. There's mm. been a kind of th- a, a theme that's kind of cropped up a few times. I guess it's when you move to Spain, um, mm-hmm. and I guess the motivator or the key motivator to to many of your decisions has been your son. Yeah, um, lately. Yeah, in yeah. the last two years. And I guess in those two years since the last podcast, I mean, when we did last did it, I don't think even fatherhood was even on the radar, and nope. it was. I guess a year after that, where it happened. Yeah. So, how has how has the transition been for you in terms of going into fatherhood? Um, there's a lot of scaremongering about like being a father or mm-hmm. having kids mm-hmm. that your um, your life has changed that you can't do what you need to do. It's a lot of restrictions. Yeah. And in some aspects, yeah, people are right. Time is not your time no more. Mm. But. With me, I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So I just see, I see my son as, not a problem, I see my son as a situation mm-hmm. in which that I need to solve the problems that I have that impact around him. That orbit around him around rather him than him being the, the problem. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So if, um, if he's teething or if he's uh, going through whatever he's going through and I have to be up during the night and I'm tired during the night, I need to make sure that I've got a routine set in place for him that there are elements along the way in which that I can have my space to do what I mm-hmm. need to do. So for me, that's one element from it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a kind of high level, just kind of like, just throw that out there yeah. as something, as a concept. Another thing is is finances. People are very worried about finances. Mm-hmm. One thing that my cousin said to me, the same cousin that taught me how to hustle and yeah. stuff, yeah. is one thing he said to me, which actually made me feel more at ease is that, the way our country is built up, that you could be the most poorest person in the UK, mm-hmm. yeah, disparity, but your child would always have a roof over his head and it will always have food. Yeah. Because the government puts that cushion there to protect yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was kind of like, oh yeah, shit. If like, shit hits the fan, then the absolute worst case, case scenario, scenario, he's got a roof over his head and he's, he's got taken food. care of. He's got he food. might not have the lifestyle that you wish for him to yeah, have yeah, yeah. or the world for him to grow or her to grow in what mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. But in terms of survival, mm-hmm. just the base layer of survival I'm doing, they, that's there for them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that put me at ease. And I guess the next step for me as well was that is just the economic side of things. Mm-hmm. So um, I, don't, I don't know how to say this without kind of sounding a bit no, whatever. Say, say however say, it comes out. Say how I it say, comes out. So once you... Once you learn how to make money and generate money, yeah. then money and time is uh, like you. When people say time is money, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's, it's actually true, because mm. once you're able to have the additional like cash mm-hmm. or whatever, you can literally buy time. Mm-hmm. I don't need to clean my house because I got a cleaner. That's time saved. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't have a cleaner. I clean my house. But do you know what but I'm you saying? Could, you know what I'm saying? Speaking, yeah. yeah. So and then it looks at the input to output ratio. Is this yeah. worth my time doing? Could I outsource it? Yeah. Could I automate it? Yeah. Could I do all these different types Definitely. of things? So, like with me right now, as a full-time single father, me and my son, me still being doing my career stuff, me still having my uh, projects on the side. Um, my son's in private schooling right now. Oh, wow. So he's doing private preschool. He's there from 8 to 5.30, Monday to Fridays. Mm-hmm. And I work everything around that. I work around him. Mm-hmm. I work around time. So how I negotiate my contracts, how I negotiate 
negotiate um, my my rates is based on the fact that I need to take into schooling into consideration. What's these school fees? That's roped into my business. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. Remember I was talking about pricing yourself yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all now included. Yeah. So I now price all of that elements into things. So I, that's no anything additional for me. So, and then what I do is within the time frame that he, he is learning, he's developing, he's growing, he's being the best version of himself he can be. He's learning all the social skills and that type of thing and learning how to talk. And obviously I now know that, okay, he wakes up at seven o'clock in the morning. I need to get into preschool by eight. I know that the only time I really would have with him is between 5.30 and seven in the morning. And then between 5.30 and 7.30 at nighttime. So those hours. Mm -hmm. And those are times I spend with him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm up early with him. Mm -hmm. I'm going through the learnings with him and going okay. through like all the, the phonetics and stuff, mm -hmm. which is also helping me. Because <laughs> you know, as you, you, forget, you forget these like, things. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny when you like, even you go through like the multiplications and you're like, rah, what's, what's, what's yeah. eight times seven again? Exactly, like, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, but then when you're doing it, I'm imagining when you're doing it with your son, you're kind of like... Learning, relearning. learning yeah. exactly. So those, so in terms of that, so um, I guess what the last thing is, now that I have, because I can place him in a situation where I can then work around him, mm -hmm. um, it's easier for me. And not a lot of people are in that same situation. I understand that and I, and I, and, and to be fair, I respect it even much more than my situation. Mm -hmm. And and not only just, um, single mothers but also single fathers i respect them mm -hmm. in in just because there's a lot of i guess there's it's a lot of mental exhaustion as mm -hmm. well so it's not just the time it's also the mental exhaustion so creating the space for yourself mm. to have that time for yourself to do what you need to do for yourself and also be on top of everything else it's hard but it's worth it once you kind of clock it again it's a problem that you have to solve what, to do, solve you, what do you think has been the most challenging thing about entering fatherhood i mean i know you're quite a, a resolute person and i know you, mm -hmm. you are a problem solver but i guess you know you're human nonetheless my problem <laughs> my biggest problem about being a father is actually emotional intelligence in terms of teaching my son how to be emotionally intelligent is that because you feel that you've lacked it i've lacked it okay i'm because i'm a very logical person i'm a very kind of like um i block myself off from emotions because mm -hmm. I, I've grown up feeling that emotions are weaknesses. I see people cry their way through situation and it's a loss of time. Yeah. So I don't do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I realised that now I've got to the point now that I see my son and I see this being and I don't want him to have that same element that I have in myself yeah. and him. So I had to teach myself how to be more emotionally intelligent, which then has helped me in the working world. Okay. So that's that's... Don't, you, know, you know when people say, oh, don't give me excuses, excuses, I want to see results. Well, no, I'm going to take into consideration your life. I don't look at you as a number. I look at you as a person. And if I look at you as your person with thoughts, feelings, things that problems you can go through in mm -hmm. life, if I can work to make you the better version of yourself mm -hmm. and then also get the result that I need to get for what we need to do within this project, it's also, there's two elements in that. You're now invested in me. Yep. You're invested in me because I've invested in you. It's a win-win situation. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. And then you're going to work twice as hard to make sure that the project or whatever we're doing is much better because you have that invest, because it becomes you, it becomes yeah. everything. So that's something that I've guessed that's helped me, like, was, I guess it's my toughest thing of being a father and and something that I'm learning along the way. I'm not mm. perfect. Of um, course, of course. Do you know, I get tired. Uh, there's, there's like now with 
with the current role that I'm working with. I'm traveling two days in Reading. Like, you know, they want me to go to, you know, different countries and all that mm -hmm. type of stuff. So again, I need to be able to secure, create space and time to get these things in. Mm -hmm. And then if I can't, if I can't actually get like a set, I guess, uh, a person to, to jump in and help, then I would have to buy that time and stuff like that. And then I would rope that into a cost. Do you know what I mean? If it's not for me, if yeah. it's not in this role here, I'm trying to make it back in the next one. Yeah, no, that type of thing. So I guess, um, I guess that's I guess a, a logical sense. That's just a logical and an and emotional. I think being a father has made me work twice as hard and do things with less fear because I no longer see things like this is not food out of my mouth. This is food out of my son's mouth. Yeah. You're you no longer I mean? thinking single-mindedly. Exactly. Yeah. Like if I want to, if I want my, if I want my son to stay in private schooling until whatever age that he needs to be, I need to make that money. Mm. And if and how am I going to make that money? I need to be more proactive in what opportunities are out there and what things I need to do to put and invest in. And I know that there's risks and everything, but we need to do it. We need to make this flip. We need to get this cash. We need mm -hmm. to go get it. That thing. I think there's two things that I want to touch on. I think it's interesting yeah. that you mentioned the emotional intelligence as being the the biggest challenge that you faced as well. And I think it's also the second element of um, being a single father. Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing in terms of the emotional intelligence part is it's interesting because we, we I've had a lot of um, discussions with with other men who are single fathers mm -hmm. as well, and it seems to be this kind of theme of how they express their love to their child yeah. and, and how it contrasts from how they were raised. Even yeah. if they grew up in a very nuclear household, yeah. there's always this kind of, this theme of how do I love my child that is unique to me and unique to my child and what is yeah. the best for them? Yeah. Um, there was something that you, you tweeted quite a while ago, or not even quite a while ago, is where you looked at your son and you started crying. Oh, bro, I cried. <laughs> And um, <laughs> it was, do you know what? Because it was, it's something that from myself as a non-father, but someone yeah. who's always had fatherhood that's very prevalent in my mind. So I guess yeah. for me, I guess is I'm learning from your experience. Yeah. I've always kind of seen that I know that when I do have my child, that it, they will be my purpose. Yeah. Right now I'm in this kind of space where I'm not quite sure what my purpose is. Yeah. Was that quite similar for you in terms of, I guess, I guess prior we've always spoken about legacy and that, We've always wanted to leave a legacy for our children, but do you think the the hypothesis of saying it, and I guess the reality of it, or like the shift in actually being a father now, mm -hmm. how would you marry it up in terms of that, okay. and then bringing in the whole concept of how you saw how you'd love your child mm -hmm. prior to being a prior to being a father yeah. and post being a father? So, from a very young age, my greatest um, my greatest I guess goal, my greatest ambitions was to be the perfect father, mm -hmm. to be the best family man, to have a family of three, four kids, yeah. loving wife, and that's my greatest ambition. Mm -hmm. And in order to give them the life that I wanted to have, mm -hmm. and um, I want them to have, I needed to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And the problem was economics. So it's so always gone down to economics for you? Problem is, if I want to, if I want to take my children you know, to different countries so they can learn about different cultures, different mm -hmm. environments, different mm -hmm. types of animals, then I need to have the means to do so. True. Economics. Mm -hmm. If I want them to be in the schools that I want them to be in, and I want them to learn the things that I didn't know about mm -hmm. and not be in a survival mode, mm -hmm. then it's economics. Mm -hmm. If I want them to be healthy, you know, healthy food is expensive. 
economics. Everything is economics. So I looked at, in order for me to give the, the, my family, like my family, my future family, this, yeah. I mean, at the time, like so my this future family, prior to prior, prior this is yeah, me yeah. like aged 12, 13, yeah, 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 14. Yeah. This is like, how you saw fatherhood. Exactly. Yeah. If I wanted to give my family the life that I never had, mm -hmm. then I needed to solve that problem. Mm. And and it's like, my, my parents, my, my mom and dad, my, my dad was a carpenter. He's gone into like working in like property and all that type mm -hmm. of stuff. He's done what he's done. Like he's, he's not by any means like poor, mm -hmm. whatever. He's a working class man. He does working class stuff. He's doing but okay. He's doing yeah, all right. Yeah. My mom, she's working in the NHS. She's nurses. She's now moved on to like mental health stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and she's now managing what she's managing. She was, I, as a child, I've never felt poor. I never felt disadvantaged. I never felt like I didn't, I, maybe I didn't get the brand new Jordans. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever it is, but the, I never had any want or need for anything. Yeah. Where my situation is when my parents split up mm -hmm. and then I realised that a single parent household couldn't provide the roundedness that I needed for me to be, I guess. Yeah. So I became my own father. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. My relationship with my father is, is great. My dad is like my rock. I love him to bits. Mm -hmm. In fact, he's the only one that thinks the way I think. Do you see what I mean? Like yeah. I come to him with a situation. I was like, yo, dad, was I like, I think sometimes. Was I a prick for doing this? Yeah. And then, but instead of actually saying to him what I did, I explained the scenario to him, and then he says what he would do, and I'd be like, "That's what I did." <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So that's that's something. So I guess. So for me, obviously now that was my biggest goal, and obviously the finances, the economics, the finances, and now being my situation now, where I guess my like just off the back of that, my biggest dream can't be realized to be a single, like to be a father with a thingy with one woman and kids like that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess that happened due to situation that's out of my control. Yeah, and yeah. That, that, I leave that to the universe in it. So yeah. that's kind of like, we didn't want to really speak about that no, of situation. Course, of course, of course. So, and that's, that's kind of gave me the, the key and driving force. I said, I always wanted to have kids by 27, 28. And cause I wanted to still be a, like a, an, an able father. Really you know, young yeah, father. Yeah, 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 do you know what I mean? But even so, man, I got bad knees right now. Bad, bad. <laughs> bro, it doesn't matter. My back has been killing Kill, me, bro. Do you see what I'm saying? Yo, I ain't got kids yet, brother. My back <laughs> has been killing this me. This is what I'm saying. So all of those things there, man. But yeah, <laughs> it's it is what it is. And I guess um that was my biggest driving force. Um so kind of like to what was the, the main question? So again? I guess like how is how is your your concept of fatherhood changed, changed. reality. Okay, yeah. my reality of fatherhood now is, again, pro solving those problems mm. to make sure that he is twice as better than me in half the time. Mm. But not in a, you've got a big shoes to fill, it's you're gonna take your time. And everything that I didn't learn from my parents, my parents didn't know about the schooling system. They didn't know about what university, what Redbrick University mm -hmm. is, what what was mm -hmm. like Oxbridge. They know about Oxford and all that type of stuff, but they didn't know how to apply to, to get me into that. So that was never something that they forced upon me. Mm -hmm. The fact, my dad was glad that I graduated from university. He was happy I graduated from university. Mm -hmm. I graduated with a third. I've never told anyone, I don't tell people that. I graduated with a third, bro, I got crap grades. Do you get what I'm saying? And and but I've leveraged what I've learned to start yeah. my business, the practical knowledge I was talking about, the yeah. practical thing like that. So and and I guess 
that's because I deferred my dissertation. Basically, I didn't hand in my dissertation. Yeah, yeah. My dissertation was capped at 40%. Mm -hmm. The project that I was working on at the time, I was half-assed because I was working on another project at mm -hmm. the time as well. So I got the grades that I got. I, I got in what I got. It is what what it is. I, exactly. It, it is what it is. But what I learned from it, it made me move on, innit? Yeah. What I want for my son is to have access to all this information to understand money, to understand, you know, credit ratings, mm -hmm. to understand... Um, I guess all the all the all the unknown unknown codes that we didn't that we exactly didn't know. Yeah. like the fear of things. Hence why I did um, create the blog You by Design. Yeah, yeah. That was basically a love letter to him to my oh, son. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's something <laughs> something else. Yeah. So and and that's kind of like a driving force for me that if anything happened to me, then he can refer back to yeah. some of my teachings yeah, for him course. and stuff like that. And um, and I guess that's that's what. Um, it's just putting in the things that I dreamt about as a mm -hmm. child to in my son now. I make sure that he laughs a thousand times a day, mm. that he smiles a thousand times a day, that he looks dope and fresh and clean, <laughs> yeah. and that he's just the coolest kid ever. Do Genuinely, you know I mean? he's like the happiest child Bro, he's I've so, seen. He's so happy. I don't even know. Listen, when we was <laughs> when we was going through the, um, I think it's like the sonogram, and he was he was like. I don't know what he was doing in a womb, but it was like a no linga or something like that. It was me. I don't I don't know what he was doing, bro. But he was dancing in the room and he came out in the womb and he came out, he came out happy and wow. he's happy. And I just make sure that he consistently be that is happy around around me. Like obviously when he has his little tantrums, because obviously he learns that from preschool, he picks it up yeah, from yeah, other yeah. kids, uh, to make sure that I control you that. You iron it out. Exactly. Because yeah. obviously the real world is going to be the real world. Of course. Do you know what I mean? There's things that like, he, he jumps upon the sofa and like, you know how much times he's fell off the sofa? Wow. Like, I don't have carpet. I've got like hard floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, he licks up his head on the floor and I would just say to him, that's what happens when you jump on the sofa. Mm. So now when he's on the sofa, he doesn't jump on it no more. He's learning. So I don't bubble wrap him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I let him do and be a child and let him learn. Mm -hmm. Trial and error, mm -hmm. you know, fail fast. Yeah. That type of situation so he can do what he needs to do. So I guess that's my, my what I am, like my expectation of what it would be to be a father, the environment mm -hmm. I want to create and the environment that I'm creating now mm -hmm. as a father for my child. Um, are you happy to touch on in terms of, I guess, being a, a single father? Um, and I guess your interactions with with women, I guess. Yeah. So um, I can touch. Been. So in terms of um, the mother of my child, that's a no, that's no, no. A less less so that, but in yeah, terms yeah. of other women, in terms okay. of that, you know. Yeah. I guess there's always that kind of um, perception of oh, yeah. like single fathers so or that's like men I'm with children. Yeah. Example. So that's something I'm learning now. I'm learning, like, um, what do they call it. I don't. I don't personally date, but it's date. I don't call it dating. It's whatever, getting to know people, da 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 yeah. For me, what I've learned is there is things that people don't mind. Mm. And, um, and, and I guess if you, if you tick some of the boxes of what their personal criteria is, then they will take on things that they may not have thought that they would have taken on before. Yeah. Um, in, with, in terms of my son, um, I, he has no need to, I have no need for any other woman to be a mother to him, of let's course. just say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm in no rush to introduce any woman to my son. Mm. But also they need to understand that I don't have, again, the, the economics, the time mm -hmm. is different. So I can still technically move as a single man mm -hmm. and 
because I have certain things in place for my son. Yeah. So I can go away. Like I just came back from Berlin like the other day. Yeah, I was yeah. away for like four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can do that. I can take these trips abroad. I can go different places. I can go out at nights and all that type of stuff. The way it comes for me is my choice, whether or not I want to give that person that time. Yeah, yeah. That's my choice. Mm-hmm. Do I want to see you or do I want to spend time with my son? Mm-hmm. So that's the difference with me. So when it comes, I'm in no rush with, 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 with introducing women into my lifestyle like that, like with my son and all that type of stuff, but getting to know people, if there's someone that is like, that makes me want to be better, mm-hmm. that makes me want to do better, mm-hmm and that can bring out those types of qualities in me, mm. then that's someone I invest my time into. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that's very fair. Um, mm. I guess, you know, do you ever feel like the women that you have maybe engaged with since, that mm-hmm. they maybe have an overemphasis on on your child or in terms of wanting to see him? So uh, I think like there's a, a scenario, I think there's a thought process that because my son is a big part of my life, yeah. if... Um, I don't introduce my son to them, that I don't care about mm. them as much. And they're entitled to feel that way. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not about, um, it's not about that, it's more, it's more about creating quality time together for me and you first before I can implement something from me, you and my son, or mm. whatever it is, me, you, your son, your, your son, you could have kids yeah. as well, whatever it is. Um, so, I have those conversations straight up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about it like, you know, my son's my son, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I find that some people cater a pitch to my son. I guess they see it as a kind of soft spot for me. In what sense? Like, how would you... How would that, so they will yeah. talk about like my son and what they want to do with my son and stuff like that. Like, okay. oh... Like, 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 okay. Right, so they, they try to use... I, I don't it could be it could be purest of intentions yeah um but it's something that's cringy to me like okay. it's yeah. cringe to me yeah. i know there's certain men out there that would like bring their son to a park and that and have women like flock yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, a puppy yeah. and yeah. flock around have women flock around them yeah. and stuff like that but that's not my t- i don't yeah, yeah. that's not something that i care about doing so for me it's more about i'm more kind of like protected of my son the types of energies that be around my son mm-hmm. so i need to understand your energy first i need to understand what type of person you are mm. you know what i mean um my fears are is that whole cinder no yeah the cinderella thing with mm-hmm. the the evil stepmother and i'm so betwixt uh, big man word betwixt <laughs> betwixt big man word <laughs> I'm so I'm so you know engulfed again another another word <laughs> engulfed in this woman yeah that I don't see her doing the wrong doings to my son do you know what I mean yeah and like and so that's something I'm very I guess I shouldn't really think about it but again I'm a I'm a very analytical person and mm-hmm. I look at best case and worst case scenario mm-hmm. the happy medium and stuff but I'm not in a rush man I'm not in a rush. I mean, the jungle, as they call it nowadays, for the younger generation. Yeah, for, for, for the young bucks. Yeah, yeah the yeah. jungle is not is not the same as it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of women have more demands on things mm-hmm. and more confidence in the demands, which is great. I yeah. can I dig that. Do you know what I mean? You know what type of man you want. You know why you want that type of man, mm-hmm. and you go get that. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I'm happy for you. Yeah. But I'm I move at my speed, B. Like, do you know what I mean? I move at my speed. This is not this is not just me and you. This is not just like even like when it comes to things like sex. I'm not too fussed about mm. like having sex and stuff. Again, I have my son. I'm cool. There's no time for me. I'm mm. 
I guess um, in terms of, they say that women have that biological clock, men have that financial clock. I've met my point where I'm happy in my career, I'm happy in the stuff that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I guess, complete in that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, so then my time has stopped in terms of looking around and seeing what type of women that yeah. that I'm interested in and yeah. that's interested in me and how we can flow and work together. Yeah, you're no uh, longer you're no longer pressured by it, I guess. Yeah, I'm yeah. no longer I'm no longer in the same race. Yeah. Cuz I have an outcome, I have my son. So, do you know what I mean? That for me, I can just sit back on the timeline, invest time into him and grow him into the person that like he needs to be for himself. Bro, he might not even do anything that I'm doing. This guy could probably you know, travel the world and be a hippie and all that type mm -hmm. of stuff. I'm happy for him to do that. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I'm happy yeah. for him to do that. No pressure. The whole thing about as well, him being a male mm -hmm. as well. And uh, I guess um, homosexuality is a thing as well. I'm happy for him to do that. He can love whoever he wants to love. Th mm -hmm. Those things are not a problem for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's because the environments that I've been in when I've been around people of different sexual orientations and it's no, I've got no problem with it. Yeah. So I would not have problems. I wouldn't look at my son in a particular way if he chose to bring home, bring home a guy. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I would show him what love is in terms of a man and a woman, that a woman is our strength. Yeah. And and that they are our brains. So mm. while we're the brawn, a woman actually is like, we submit, I submit to a woman. Okay. I submit to a woman. I submit in terms of strategic elements of our life. I submit in terms of creating the dream, the vision that she wants. Like that's something that I submit to. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm happy to do once that they are the person that I believe that is deserving of such. Yeah. And again, a lot of women, don't like that term. What do you mean deserve? Like, you know, we deserve yeah. happiness and stuff they, 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 Sometimes women can get caught up on the nuances of words. Words rather, rather than, than that you're Exactly. Being so what yeah. I'm saying is that if once she is a woman that I can see that can bring out the qualities and elements in me that I don't feel that can take advantage of me, whatever my situation is, that I know that could be the best version of herself she can be and we can go out there and go get it, I feel no way submitting to you. I feel no way. Once we can tick those boxes, I feel no way submitting to you. You can tell me what you want to do, how you want to do it, where you want to go, and I'll be with you. Yeah, babes, let's go get it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Because I know that a woman is my energy. I know that that's my source. When we're weary, when we're out on the road and we get tired and we don't want to deal with the, the game, mm -hmm. we come home and we have our home, we have our family and stuff like that. You have your that escape. You have our escape. We have the, the chamber where we can rejuvenate and go mm -hmm. out there and get our purpose. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, to kind of make a simpler question, oh yeah, I don't. The whole dating game, everything like that, is yeah. it's calm for me. I could stress women. <laughs> I might stress them because yeah. I might not be someone that they're used to now. Yeah. Because guys chase women. Yeah. I don't. I don't chase women because it, it changes the whole dynamic. When, exactly. when When you say to them like, I don't chase women, it 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 turns turns the whole world. They turn the whole world upside down. Exactly. I sound arrogant. Yeah. I sound arrogant. I might be vain in saying this, but that's not what I'm actually saying. It's but, not. Yeah. It's not that I'm too good looking for you, like, not it's just to chase simply, you. simply your, your, your purposes and your intentions are just differently different. aligned. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Where um, I am, where you are, our space is different. We can spend the time to break our space together. We can mm -hmm. go back to things like parallel play that we talked about, yeah, where definitely. how long could we be apart from each other or be in the same room and not talk while I'm working on my project, while you're working on your project. Mm -hmm. We can do all of those things there. Do you know what I mean? And just make sure that we mesh and merge together that way. But... At right now, I'm in no rush, do you know? No, definitely. Um, I think, um, I guess there's one thing that I guess to, to recap on and I guess to get your your perspective on 
mm-hmm. being a young father, and I guess you know you are quite career driven. Yeah. What are the challenges you faced career wise whilst now being a young father? Um, I think there's more sympathy on men with kids. Oh really? Especially okay. single. And um, to be fair, I don't particularly like it because women are expected to raise kids, to be yeah. nurturing, to do that type of thing. And they're not given any leeway. They're just told, figure it out. Or what, schooling, nursery, all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. figure it out. Or you're not right for the role because you can't spare that time. Like for me as a man now, from what I experience is that because you're a man, they think you're stupid. They you don't think you know how to raise a kid. So because they, they, they underestimate because you. they underestimate you, yeah. they give you more leeway into doing things. Okay. So with work now, I guess how I save time is by uh, telling them when the school run is and what time I need to leave work. They're flexible. My my job at the moment is currently it's, it's great because it's results driven. It's not time based where you sit down and you have to click buttons yeah, and look yeah, like you're yeah, working. Yeah. It's every week come back to me or something. It's so not a fixed ratio that you must do this many hours, many hours exactly. kind of thing. It's more of like, so long as you achieve these results, results exactly. that's the all good by us. Yeah. Tell us what you need to tell, consult with us. It's productivity-driven you know I mean? exactly. rather than being by fixed time-driven. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, I guess where, that's where at this moment in time that I'm, I guess, um, I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. But I, I created that. I created that type of space to that have. That kind of environment. That type of environment, how they can engage with me. I didn't really take their crap, really. So... And I used the the whole uh, the whole underestimation of being a father type okay. thing to my benefit, and I guess that's what I used the same thing as used being black to my benefit, because again we have to work twice as hard mm. to get half as much. Mm. We're underestimated. Mm. Um, we're uncultured in certain elements, so that gives me the space to move to kind of like hit you with a sucker punch. Oh yeah, you don't. I'm seeing here and I'm seeing everything that you've done. I, I've already understood that you've you've coasted away through life. Yeah. You 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 know, your your parents got you this role, you you've gone to a great education, you sit in this job and you're just clocking in, clocking out, and you're making you didn't good. Do groundwork. You didn't do the groundwork. I had to do the groundwork. I had to understand this. I had to get that knowledge in. Mm-hmm. So when I'm mm-hmm. now when they've taken away that that I guess when they've painted over my canvas, because you've got a your canvas has got paint on it. Mm-hmm. You've already got a narrative. Mm-hmm. Once they're painting over your canvas to say, oh, he's not like the other guys, yeah. then they will look at your work, your input to output ratio, and they will mm-hmm. see, oh shit, he's actually amazing yeah. in what he's doing. Like, at the mo- like, there was a period at work, I guess it was the last, um, since my situation changed, I guess there was a period at work where I felt like I'm normally three steps, four steps ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. And at the moment in time, or, well, last couple of months, or oh, last couple of weeks ago, I, I felt like I was just catching up with myself. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. So I felt like I didn't have what I needed to have in terms of my work career correctly. And I think I tweeted that about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every time I've gone into the meeting, I've showed them my findings, I've given them my recommendations, the strategies and all that type of stuff to move forward. It's amazing. They're singing my praises. But in my head, I'm, I'm messing up. I, mm. I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm drowning. I'm messing up because this is not the person I'm used to. And, and it made me realise... Is, that, is my work ethic so different that my 50% output, input, is still 100% for someone else? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and again, and that's, I guess it's a running occurrence for like even working with a media consultancy firm where while I had a role to do, I still was doing other stuff with like the e-learning things and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So my input to output ratio, I just bang it out, 
move on to the next thing. Yep. So I guess when I'm just literally doing one stream of work or one stream of thing, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm messing up, I'm actually giving them what they want. Yeah. So and that's something that, um, I'm like, yeah, I'm figuring out. I it's interesting because you touch on something about like your, your your mental state and kind of chasing yourself rather than being ahead of yourself. Yeah. How is your like, how has your mental well being been? You know, I guess since the last time we caught up because there's been several episodes that have happened. You know, you you've changed careers, you've changed industries. Yeah. You've, your personal circumstances have changed, you know, you've become a father, yeah. you're now a young father, he's yeah. one now? Um, he's 17 months. 17 months. Yeah, so it'll be a, a year and a half yeah. next month. So, you know, yeah. you've got, you've got, you know, a beautiful That's, that's a dad thing, by the way. Yeah, 17, I'm like, yeah, 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 like come why on, can't you just yeah. say a year and a half? Yeah, like, yeah, I know, I know. say 17 months? Because I need to be very specific about his abilities at the, at, yeah, at his, within it, his I month. Yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah, can but, he talk now at 17 <laughs> months? He should be able to talk, like, you know? Sorry. But, you know, how is your, how is the, how is your mental well-being been through these several episodes and up until like I guess you say in the last couple of months, couple of weeks, yeah. you've kind of seen this shift in yourself. Like yeah. how would you describe it? And I, I guess, guess what have you done in the midst of it? Okay, I guess my biggest um, knock on my mental health was the relationship with my partner. Yeah. Um, when I say that um, like my woman is my strength, mm -hmm. um, I guess my guiding stone, um, my source mm -hmm. of rejuvenation, um, not having that anymore really took a a mad impact on me. Okay. And then going from that and being so secure in that situation and so secure in that relationship and not caring or wanting or, or, or being fussed about any other woman mm -hmm. to now being in a landscape where I now have to kind of like peek my head out and be like, oh, there's other women around. Hello. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That was a big thing for me. And again, understanding the jungle. Yeah. Um, um, so... That's one element. Um, the element with what we, with, with my partner, that again, that's more personal, yeah. but that was, a, that was, I guess, the biggest impact on me. Mm -hmm. um, and then able to, to handle the mood swings, able to handle Your own the, the, my own mood swings. Yeah. So, so like days that I didn't want to work, like days that I didn't want to like leave my house, mm -hmm. like, I've, I don't take no days off. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to take days off. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. Like uh, mentally, and I'm 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 very fearful about my mental health purely because one of my older brother goes is has psychosis. Mm. So he schizophrenic. He's in and out of that type of stuff. So for me, that's something that I've seen the impact on his life mm -hmm. from who he was mm -hmm. to who he is now. Yeah. And I love him to bits. He's no different to me. But do you know what I mean? Like in terms of um, my love for him, mm -hmm. there's no change in that. But in terms of the potential that he had and then obviously the mental health impact on him mm -hmm. and, and where he is now, then, you know, we mourn for that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. So I'm very focal on this and for myself. And with the move from Spain, so with the move in our situation, going from Spain, going into the, the new family situation, having my son and then moving back out and then going into these new business ventures, for a whole year, literally for a whole year, um, I didn't read any books. I didn't do anything in terms of um, researching for my own benefit. Everything was about what I am doing mm. rather than looking at conceptual ideas for my own. Mm. So You By Design was inspired by, um, inspired by my son as a concept, to, as a, a love letter to him mm. where 
But in order for me to write, I also had to look at other writings and I had to absorb different types of knowledge. You had to learn to write. Exactly. Yeah. You have to learn to write. And I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic. See, I've got so much bad things about me, bro. Uh, people will never know I'm dyslexic. I, don't, I, I wouldn't consider them bad things. But you, you know what? Um, yeah. The stigma. Yeah. The stigma yeah. of yeah. dyslexia. You, you, the, could, yeah. you could say that you could eventually people can apply these, yeah. these, these patinas. But yeah. like, like Kanye would say. Yeah. You know, but that's my same, G, by the way. Jami, that's my dog. That's another, that's another conversation. That was the conversation, yeah. But, you know, there's always these things, but I think you everyone has these chinks in their armour. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, it doesn't take away from your strength. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, you've been able to see the fact that whilst you are dyslexic, you still take an avid passion in reading and yeah. writing. Yeah. You know, to be fair, easy. reading and writing has made my whole life better. Yeah. So now when I'm writing these emails and while I'm doing these things and I'm creating all this, because my, my work is very content, like, yeah strategy based I have to write I have to be very meticulous about the detail that and I'm, you have to communicate it exactly yeah. so reading has helped me has helped me to become like I guess less I guess take off the plaza about being dyslexic because when you're in school you're dyslexic it's like oh woe is me now yeah. it's like I need to actually go and get it I need yeah. to do what I'm doing so um, I can't shy away from this I can't write when I was writing my first scope document I was shitting myself mm. do you know what I mean but what I had to do was do what I do best I research I look at things I piece things together I made it make sense I went over it I got a program to go through all these different mm. elements of it so you know like when you change your, the, the tense of things so to make the sure that every has. exactly on the overall sentence mm -hmm. so make sure that I'm meticulously looking at the detail of that and making sure that you know what, because this, this is going to executives, these are going to people that are shaping that world, that mm -hmm. business world, so yeah, I need no, to definitely. make sure that I'm on job with that, so, yeah. Um, but going back to, like, I guess you yeah. were saying that for a year you didn't read and, you know, you yeah. weren't investing in yourself, so, I guess, the, the premise of it, and I think... I that was a negative impact on me, okay. on my mental health. Because you be couldn't do those things. Because I couldn't do those things. Mm -hmm. So while I was, in one sense, like, I guess, while I was in one sense, probably be the best of my career, like to be at the level that I am in my career, mm -hmm. which is the highest point I've been in my career, mm -hmm. like in terms of what I'm doing and how I'm Position, doing it and finances, influence and things like that. Yeah. I also felt that I was messing up real badly because I wasn't, I wasn't doing things, I guess traditional learning, traditional things that mm -hmm. I wanted to do for myself. So, and I'm piecing that all back together. I'm piecing it all back together. Would you say you was beating yourself up? I guess we all do that. Mm. Um, well, some people don't. Some people are content with where they are, and I, to be fair, I'm jealous of them. Yeah. People that are content with who they are, where they are. And, mm. um, I want to be very successful in in the terms of how I see my success. Yeah. To the visualization of my success. But do you think that chasing that success, the the byproduct of it, or something that you have to take in 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 part with that, is the the, the greater damage it can do to your mental health. Yeah. And right. is that something that you've kind of, have you battled with that concept of, am I, is success worth the impact it has on my mental health? Not yeah. Maybe not in those words specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but along those lines we're saying that, am I, it could, you could say it's self-doubt, but yeah. am I chasing too fast and too high yeah. and I actually need to, 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 scope and actually take my mental health first or yeah. do you constantly put success first so i look at my mental health mm. i look at 
like my well, my mental well be, being. Mm. I look at that and I look at who I need to be again, not for myself, but now for my son. Mm. And I need to do things to make sure that I am mentally strong enough to do and be and create the vision that I want for my son, my the life of my son. So that has, do you think that like not to interrupt, but I think yeah. I guess this is a battle that we, I guess, so I've kind of seen from, 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 from being a son to, you know, with my mum who's had her own home battles yeah. and stuff. And you think to yourself, do you think as parents, now that you are a parent, that sometimes mm-hmm. we put on, that we're too too adamant to wear the cape? We're too adamant to be... For to some be, people, to yeah. To be Superman. For some people, yeah. yeah. But, but you're but, happy to... But for me, it was that. solving that problem. Mm. Solving the problem of making sure that I don't have, like spells of being depressed or not wanting to go out to work or feeling exhausted and tired. So what do I need to put into place now? Mm. So I'm actively going to the gym, bring, building up the, the endorphins and the chemicals mm-hmm. in the head, the eating different, eating right, being very focused, making sure I'm up early to spend the time with him, making sure I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm pooped at night time, I'm, mm. I'm whatever, but I also have my time when I'm messing about. So when I do my stupid tweets, when I talk about what I talk about, yeah, well, yeah all that type of stuff. So I can de-stress and I can go out there and get it again. Yeah, yeah. So to me, I need to put those things into space. I need to make sure I can mitigate the risks of being or falling into a deep spell of depression. And I've had a deep spell of depression Mm -hmm. so one of the reasons why again off the back of doing the music and 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 building up the music consultancy was purely because I needed an outlet for my own situation Mm -hmm. at that time my brother was killed at that Mm -hmm. time Um, knife crime uh, friends were around him it's crazy I didn't know how to handle that I went into spells of depression um, and Got into a car crash, damaged my knee. I uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? I, um, because of that, I had to let go of the job that I had at the time, and I had to focus on all these elements and, and other things that I'm doing as well. So I, I know what it feels like to go through depression because I went through it. And I've made the active choice in myself. Like, I make the active choice to be in love. I made the active choice to go out there and go get it, is to never compromise on those core things. Mm-hmm. Never compromise on my health. Mm-hmm. Never compromise on my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Make sure I have these solid things in place so I can be who I need to be, not only for myself, but more so for my son, mm-hmm. more so for who I want to envision myself to be, who I envision myself to be, and go out and go get that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, I, I, I completely see where you're coming from with that. I guess, I guess to kind of summarise it is that mm-hmm. your mental health is important to you, but at Very. the same time, you see it as a problem to solve as well. Yeah. And then you take more of a micro approach rather than a macro approach of saying that rather than feeling like the world is against me, mm-hmm. I'm going to do, I see myself as my world, yeah. so therefore I'm going to shape my world. Yeah. So you're going to do everything within your power and all the variables you have in control to at least mitigate those impacts that have on your mental health rather than waiting for the outside world to fix your problem. Mm. I ha- guess that's how I kind of see it. Happiness is created. Yeah. You don't. It's not a destination. Yeah. You don't get to a point and be like, oh, I'm happy. Mm. You create the environment to be happy. So do you... So I'm creating that environment to be happy. And to, I guess to, to finish off on that point, yeah. are you happy? Me? Yeah. Um, I don't want to use the word happy because okay. I felt like the universe <laughs> is going to hit me with a wrecking ball soon, you know? Like, clap me. <laughs> oh, what? You happy, dog? All right, cool. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I am building on... I'm building on and I'm creating. It's a constant thing because yeah. you go in and out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So to 
be who I want to be, to be, to get to who I want to get to. I need to be as positive as possible. I need to create that positive T. I need to have that energy, that frequency around me. Mm -hmm. I need to be in that, tapped into my bag. I need to just go out there and go get it. That's it. And I need to, you know, do that, not just for my son or whatever, for me as well, but everyone that's around me because we also radiate this energy of people. Oh, and do you know what I mean? So if I'm like, I want to be one of those stories that people can look at and be like, yo, fam, this guy's from ENTS. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, this guy's got PJs now. He's flying private jets. Yeah. What did he do? Yeah. What did he do? I ain't doing anything that you ain't done, my G. Well, that, that you can't, can't do, do yeah. my G. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I just put that mask on, play the game, mm -hmm. and learn, develop, fail, fail fast, create my happiness, create, you know, constantly work on things, realize where my weaknesses are, work on my weaknesses, know where my strong points are, sell the shit out of my strong points and just be. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I guess now we're going to do, now we're going to do what we did in the last episode. Yeah. What does the next six to 12 to 18 months say Save for, for me? For Henley. Yeah, for Henley. For Henley. Hello. <laughs> um, for Henley, I'm looking at that startup seed money. Okay. I'm looking at that real money. I'm looking at M's. I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at, I call it real money. We've got living money. We've Generational got, money. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at M's. Mm. I'm looking at, I built so much money for this company that you're trying to kick me out of it and take the company. Mm. You're trying to Steve Jobs a nigga. Yeah. Like, sorry for the language. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? You're trying to Steve Jobs me. Yeah. Like, that's the type of money I'm looking at. Mm. And um, I guess the things I have in place now, the mm -hmm. things that I want to move and progress with, the things that have drawn traction, those are the things that I'm going to focus on and get it. I mean, the entry point to the in, um, to the to those markets might might have, I might be late now because like you by design, I started that 2000, uh, two years ago. Yeah, 2016. 2016, yeah. December time, around yeah, yeah. this time, yeah. 2016. And within that time, I had loads of opportunities for speaking engagements and all these types mm -hmm. of stuff to do and to work on it. And I guess I got what I wanted from it in terms of um, understanding whether or not I can communicate with people. Mm -hmm. But in, and then obviously, the, I had to focus on getting the bag to make sure my son's okay, no, that, that type of stuff. So now I'm back in a space where, okay, now cool. Could I then go back into that and cultivate that, mm -hmm. like create that and then run with that. And then I guess, be the authentic me, not the me that's got, not the Dante branded me, yeah. but the me. Provide transparency in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Let people see like what business moves that I'm making and what mistakes that I'm making and how I just get back up. public with it. Exactly. Yeah. And again, with that, I know we're kind of running behind like on time, but with that as well, the impacts of that, mm -hmm. survivor's remorse. Mm -hmm. Now that I can drive like what I'm driving, and my car monthly is some people's salary, like, that's fucked up. Coming to terms with that. Coming to terms with that, like, being in a situation where I can sit, like, with family members and I know that they're going through their struggles and... You can't relate. I, I can't relate now. Yeah, can't I can relate. relate. I can relate. You could, yeah, yeah. But for me, what they may want from me or what people may want from me is not going to help solve their problem. Yeah, yeah. What solves their problem is the mindset to mm -hmm. solve that problem. Mm -hmm. You can always give money. Money is nothing. Money is a tool. 
money is used whatever it's a it means is. to an end it's exactly it's there's nothing it's, it's fake yeah it's, it's an imagination mm-hmm. it's literally money is generated based off commodities and commodities are only commodities based on the rarity and the demand on these commodities and the, the trust re- you have within it exactly so gold for you to get a pound coin, you might have to have a pound's worth of gold. Mm. Who sets that? Mm. Like, who really sets that? Because mm. then when, it, when, when we have an Armageddon now and there's bombs going off anywhere, no one's going to be really chasing gold like that. Yeah. They're going to be chasing water. Water is going to be worth more than gold. Mm. Could you imagine? Someone's exchanging, will have like a ton of gold and say, yo, can I have that bottle of water? And mm. this person's saying, no. Could, could you imagine that? It's true. Because it's about the demand. Mm-hmm. So once I've understood that, you know, money doesn't really exist. It's a mm. tool. And I'm trying to give people concepts to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't solve their problem in terms of being able to take a step back and take a perspective of it. That, that has a big impact on me. I can't talk about what I need to talk about with certain people. And those are the things I'm learning and navigating, letting people into my life like to see more of my life, those have a negative impact on it as well because people will always have something to say. And as I guess, I guess I'm going to document that. I'm going to be documenting this and I'm going to be putting it out and let people see, okay, cool, how he's building. And then hopefully in the next two, three years, five years, mm. I'm out here, I'm, 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 I'm generating them M's. Yeah. And you, see, you will see the path from how I generate. You mm. can go back to part one of this. You can listen to part two of this. And then when we hit part three of this, yeah. it's a whole different madness. It's a whole different conversation. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. I think, uh, so in terms of the spaces <laughs> you want to go into, is that going to be another vague answer? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know what I totally it is? understand. And you know what it is as well? It's going to be a nugget that's already in this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to listen back <laughs> to you. This guy. You... We, we prophesy, you have to prophesy, man. And prophesize. this has been a prophecy in its sense. Yeah. Like every episode that I've done so far, like with different people, they've left something behind that when we look, to, you know, 12, 18 months from listening back to it, mm-hmm. they've said that. I remember even doing it with um, Jojo mm. um, when I did part when I did part two. And I that even was a good interview, by the way. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I played it. Thank you, man. I played it back to him. And it's like the things that he's doing now with recess and, you know, all these different things. It's like he said that I'm going to do it then. And mm-hmm. he made it happen. So. Yes, there's that whole element of law of attraction putting out in the universe, but there's always that proactivity element of actually doing it and then reflecting yeah. back and seeing how much disparity there is between what you said and what you did. Yeah. Um, so now I look forward to part three with you. Until the way. Um, but as always, man, it's been a pleasure. Um, as you. always, you know, I wish you and your family the utmost prosperity and wealth and those M's coming your way. And you too, my brother. Amen, bro. <laughs> and, but yeah, that's another episode of Finding Your Forte. And as always, find your forte, live your forte and love your forte. Find your forte. Live your forte.